My name is Louis Helbgwax, lead pastor-elect. Excited to be here tonight. Uh, so excited that each and every one of you are here in person and excited that everyone who's joining us on other sides of TVs and computer screens around the world that you've decided to join us tonight as well. Uh, I truly believe that nobody is here by accident, but God has a purpose uh, for every one of us. Uh, let's just uh, bow our heads together in uh, one final word of prayer. Uh, Father, as we look to your word tonight, we pray that it would truly become alive in our lives. Not simply words written on pages, but truths embedded in our being. May we be mindful. May we become the walking, talking, breathing word of God. May we understand that those of us who know Jesus are the present day hands and feet, the tangible presence of Jesus to the world. And Lord, may we fully understand what it is as individuals and as the corporate body to be the temple of the Spirit of God on earth. Where we go, the Spirit goes. And the Spirit is here as we gather. Be with us. Make these truths very real to us. We pray in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, we're kicking off a new series called Life in the Neighborhood. Um, over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of highlight uh, basically who we already are and who we are going to continue to function to be, how we're going to live and function as the neighborhood church. Uh, building off of last week's message where Pastor John and I uh, team taught and we discussed the fact that Jesus is the head of the church and we, the gathered, assembled Christ followers, are the body. We're going to kind of use that to uh, think and launch into this series this week. What does that mean as the body of Christ? So life in the neighborhood. Who are we as the body of Christ? We're going to start by reading Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 to 7, and then 11 to 16. Paul writes these words. He says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. In case you missed it, we all have faults. Okay, keep going. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Jumping down to verse 11. Now these are the gifts, that, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, the work of the ministry, and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So is the reading of God's word. Amen. Life in the neighborhood. The first thought for tonight is this. Know that you and that the person sitting next to you are called by God. Know that you 
And if you take a look around, the people sitting next to you are called by God. Ephesians 4, verse 1 there, Paul writes, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been, you've been called by God. You, with your situation and problems and whatever's going on in life. You've been called by God. Every person, every person here who's a follower of Christ has been called by God. It's not just for the staff of the church or the pastors. It's not just for, well, you know, I know this other person prays way louder than I do. Like, they must be awesome. They must be called, not me. Or or so-and-so reads the Bible or knows it better. They're called, but not, not me. As people of the neighborhood church, life in the neighborhood, we are going to be people who, who understand that we're called by God and that every other person who joins with us, who knows Jesus as Savior, the people sitting next to us are also called by God. We'll talk a little bit more about what that means a little later in the message. Life in the neighborhood. We're going to be aware that the leaders of the church are gifts from God to the church. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.11, now these are the gifts. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. The leaders of the church are gifts from God. Now I know what you're thinking. This is a pretty bald, pudgy gift, right? That's funny, guys. Come on. You give someone a gift because you love them and you want to bless them. Gifts are are, are given as a way to express a tangible love. As a side note there, guys, it's 18 days to Valentine's. I got you. Gifts are given to be a blessing and to enhance the life of the person you're giving the gift to. Life in the neighborhood. Be aware that the leaders of the church are gifts from God to the church. When we, when we think of church leadership, I, I want us to realize that, that they are gifts given to us in order to, to benefit and, and enhance our lives because God loves us and, and he wants to see us grow and mature. He actually wants to even bring pleasure into our lives. He also wants to help us avoid pitfalls and, and avoid destruction. In our fellowship, the Pentecost Assemblies of Canada, we, we've got... Uh, different levels of leaders. We've got our general superintendent, Dave Wells. He's a gift to us. We've got our local Saskatchewan uh, district superintendent, Paul Israelson, who attends the neighborhood church. Thankful he's not here because I can say he's a gift. No. He's a gift. He has lots of really bad corny jokes, but he's a gift. He's a gift to us. The pastors here at the neighborhood church, they're gifts. Now, sometimes, uh, maybe you've had this happen to you at a birthday or a Christmas, sometimes exercise equipment is also a gift. Has anybody ever gotten that for some kind of couple people? Yeah. And when you first start utilizing exercise equipment in your life, you usually have some initial pain and some initial ache, but long-term, if you keep utilizing it, you should be healthier and more fit, Correct. Being aware that the leaders of the church are God's gift to the church. We'll kind of touch back on that. Life in the neighborhood. 
we're gonna understand that the job of church leaders, pastors, is to equip the members of the church to do the work of God. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to what? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, the work of the ministry, and to build up the church, the body of Christ. My job as pastor is to equip you, to equip God's people to do the work of the ministry, to build up the church. Manny, my son's going to come up here real quick. He's going to help us out with a, with a demonstration. I should have got him prepped here. But. The job is to help equip. So, I love my son, but he's got a job to do. And uh, he, he needs to put these, these great screws into this block of wood. So go ahead. Don't worry, they're, they're patient. They'll wait. How, how's that going? Not great. Not great. Well, why isn't it going great? It's not how it's meant to go in. Okay, okay, here we go. This, this might help. Here, here, here's, an, here's equipment. Let's, let's see, that's still looking a little awkward. Oh, you, now you want some help. Okay, well, we'll help you with that. Let's try this. Okay, that looks like that's going better. A little bit better. Okay, you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to do one better yet. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Try using that. Oh, now you want a battery. Okay. <laughs> you want power on top of everything else. We're going we're gonna to equip you with tools, and we're going to equip you with power. Is that going to help us? Let's see. Okay. Sort of. Well, we're getting there. That's better. Okay, we, we got something. Now, now we're really going to equip you. Now, if you like tools, this is a thing of beauty. So we're going to give you some training on how to run a proper screw gun. So we're going to see you fully equipped. Okay. Does that work a little bit better? Much better. Okay. Thank you, Manny. The leader's job is to equip God's people to the work of the ministry. The pastor's job is not to do the work of the ministry for you. The leaders of the church, they're gifts to the church, but they're gifts to help equip you, the people, the, con the God's people, to do the work of God, to do the work of his ministry, not to actually do it in place of you. And I actually think when pastors move away from equipping God's people, equ they move away from equipping God's people to do God's work, and they move into the zone of doing the work for them, I actually don't think pastors are a gift to the church anymore. Because we actually stunt everyone's growth. My, uh, my daughter and I started CrossFit this week. <laughs> I made noises. I'm not sure it was woohoo. <laughs> Monday we, it was our first class. Tuesday, I was questioning my sanity as every muscle in my body, including little muscles in my toes that I didn't know existed, hurt. 
Wednesday, we went to class number two. I was still hurting from Monday's class number one. Thursday, I was once again questioning, questioning my sanity, but then I had an epiphany. I realized Ashley goes to CrossFit. I thought, you know what? Instead of going Friday, I'm just gonna call Ashley, I'm gonna pay her to go and exercise for me. I thought, this is brilliant! I'll pay her, I'll even show up, I'll hoop, I'll holler, I'll encourage her, I'll cheer her on. But I'll just, I'll let her do the work for me. Genius, right? Or not? I thought, you know what? I could even be a little bit simple. I don't even need to go. I could just like dial it in. You know, I, I, I really feel like I should exercise today. Would you do like 100 jumping jacks and 100 push-ups and just, just let me know, send me the bill. I'll, I'll pay you, you do the exercise for me. Does it work like that? There's a flaw in that plan, right? Life in the neighborhood. Uh, understanding that the job of church leaders, of pastors, is to equip the members to do the work of God, not to do the work of God for you. Because if I do the work of the ministry, the work of God for you, you miss out on all the blessings and benefits. You miss out on encountering the Spirit. You miss out on growing in faith. You miss out on seeing the miraculous happen. I've had so many encounters with the Holy Spirit as I've stepped out in new areas of ministry, often in in, in places where I felt out of my depth. But God, because he's put a call on our lives, your life and my life, it's like, okay, God, you've, you've called me here. I'm, 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 I'm a minister of the gospel. So, so I step. And it's in those moments often when we step, when, when we become ministers of the gospel, we do the, the work of the ministry that all of a sudden in something that I could never do on my own, the spirit of God, it's like, oh God, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. Oh God, this was amazing. I felt your spirit move through me. God, I couldn't have done it by myself. But I've just seen this miraculous moment. Oh, God. Life in the neighborhood. Understanding the job of church leaders, pastors, is to equip the members of the church to do the work of God. I went to the gym four times this week. Not once did one of the trainers do the workout for me. Not once. They encouraged me. They gave me instruction. There was a couple times I was so bad, they just like hovered, they forgot the rest of the class. They <laughs> just sat there giving me instructions on how to hold myself. They made it awkward, and I am in pain at this moment. But it was good for me. And if they'd have done the exercises for me, I wouldn't be in pain at this moment but I also wouldn't experience the long-term benefits. And the uh, last kind of thought for this, for today is this. Life in the neighborhood. We're gonna engage the reality that every Christ follower is a member, is a minister of the gospel. We started this by talking about the fact that you were called by God. If you're here and you know Jesus, you're called by God to be a minister of the gospel. Know that 
you and the person sitting next to you are called by God and know that every member of Christ's family is a minister of the gospel. Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. We've read it a couple times. Let's read it one more time. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. God's people are to do his work, the work of the ministry. You're ministers of the gospel. And build up the church, the body of Christ. Martin Luther, the great reformist, said this. He said, all believers are ministers. Some ministers are clergy. But all believers are? All believers are ministers. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10 from the message. Paul, or Peter writing, but you, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, of ministry, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others the night and day difference he's made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Oh, every member ministry, every person here who knows Jesus is a minister of the gospel. You don't volunteer in church. I know we use that language sometimes. I'm hoping we can get rid of it. You don't volunteer, you minister. You can volunteer all sorts of other places, but, but you're a minister of the gospel because you have the ability to bring the life of Jesus, the love of Christ, the power of the Spirit into a situation and change someone's life. Today in a miraculous moment and eternally as they can enter into a relationship with God the Father. And whether you're cleaning a toilet or wiping a kid's nose or helping out with youth or running a small group or anything else, you're a minister of the gospel and you're ministering. Ephesians 4, 15 to 16, we read it at the start. Christ, who is the head of the body, the church, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Pushing a broom or helping the kids or being the person who smiles and greets someone on the way in the door. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As each part does its own special work. As each part does its own special work, it helps the rest of us grow and be healthy and to be full of love. There are no less than parts in the body of Christ. There's no less vital parts but God does have a part for you to play because you've been called and you're a minister of the gospel and when you live out your part, it actually helps and blesses me and it blesses others and you're blessed when the rest of us live out our calling and and live out our ministry and together it's healthier and we actually exude this, this love, the full love of God. The worship band can come up and get ready to do their part. Wherever you're serving, you're a minister of the gospel. You're ministering. And I also want you to understand that your ministry doesn't end the way you cross and leave the church. When you leave these doors, you are still a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In your workplace and in your homes and in your fun activities, when you're with people, 
You're a minister of the gospel that can bring hope, that can bring healing, that can bring forgiveness, that can help bring freedom. You are God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others about the night and day difference that he's made for you. Oh, God has moved me from nothing to something. I was rejected, but now I'm accepted. Life in the neighborhood. We're going to engage the reality that every Christ follower is a member of the ministry. There's no spectators in the body of Christ. There's no bench sitters, right? This isn't a Rough Rider game where 13,000 people who desperately need exercise are watching a couple dozen people who desperately need a break. It's not the way it works in the church, right? Every one of us are called. Every one of us are ministers. Every one of us are a part in the body of Christ that he is uniquely placed And when we don't do our part, it it actually hurts the rest of the body. But when we do do our part, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to every other part of the body. We each have a part to play. God has a call on your life. So life in the neighborhood. Who we are already and and how we're going to live and function as the people of the neighborhood church. We're going to know that each and every one of us and the people sitting next to us are called by God. I'm going to encourage you to know that you're called and I pray you encourage every other person, each other, we're called by God. We're going to be aware that leaders are actually a gift to the church. I am deeply aware that my trainers at the gym are gifts to me. But they are. They they actually want to see the best for me. That they're pushing me in ways that are difficult, in ways that that are causing immediate and hopefully temporary pain, but but in ways that are good for me, right? We're going to understand that the job of church leaders, pastors, is to equip the members of the church, to equip you to do the ministry, the work of God. We're not going to be a place where we kick back and say, you know what, I'm going to let the pastors do the work of the ministry for me because that stunts everyone's growth. It's not healthy for us. And we are going to engage in that reality that every Christ follower is a minister of the gospel. Everyone. Every person here who knows Jesus is a minister. Let's bow together in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray Lord, I pray that we would understand that we are called by you to be ministers both as a part of this incredible family to to minister within this house and to minister to those that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. Called by you 
placed here to be a part of this body, a unique part that you've placed, God, in this moment for this time with a special gift, a special ability, a special place that you want for each and every one of us where we might just need to step out and feel like we're out of our depths, but we've been equipped by the leadership. We, we know we've been trained, we've been equipped, we've been given the tools, but we're still feeling a little scared. But God, in those moments, we're going to be the people of God who understand that we've been called by God to minister, and we're going to step out and we're going to say, Jesus, we need your spirit. We need the spirit of the living God right now as I step out in this moment of ministry. And Lord, we're going to see the miraculous. We're going to experience the Spirit of God moving in and through us and being a blessing to others. Life in the neighborhood is going to be a life that is defined by people who've been called by God to be ministers of the gospel, being equipped, being equipped by the leaders of the church who are gifts to the church so that every member can step out and bring light into a dark world, can experience the Spirit of God as we step out and minister to our neighbors and our loved ones. Oh Lord, this is who we are and this is who we're going to be. I pray in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen?